It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome back to another installment of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky. I'm joined by my co-host, Corey DLG, and we're getting ready for the Tennessee Titans on a Saturday game going into the Christmas weekend. We're going to have picks. We're going to return with the play that sinks the Texans segment. We're going to take a hard look at a sliding Tennessee team, all that good stuff coming up. But the first thing we have to get to, Corey, I got to know, how are you handling this this winter storm rolling across basically the entire country? Is it is it chilly? Are you bundled up? Did you have to hole away in in your house to get away from the cold? Um. So, like most uh, small furry rodents, uh, I burrow a lot in the winter months. Um, it's a fascinating question because I'm a very National Geographic kind of guy, and so. Uh, I'm definitely in a bunker hold of my own digging, uh, a lot of sheddings, a lot of uh, fur from other animals, feathers, uh, things that I've found laying around. So you're uh, nesting. Have, yeah, I'm nesting, that I've stuffed into, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, they're talking about like igloos, where even though you can make an igloo and then once it's closed off, it can be like 80 degrees inside and not melt. So even though the ground is cold. I have created a small, warm hole that I live in. I'm glad that you're you're weathering the storm that ba- is basically hitting every state. Uh, what's the what's the temperature there? Because here in Wisconsin, the feels like temperature is minus 33. Okay. Uh, I don't know about our feels like. I doubt they're bold enough to say that. I mean, they could just put really cold and we would believe them. Um. <laughs> I don't know if we got to put a number on it when it gets below, like, negative anything. Um, so the talk is it's going to be around by midnight-ish tonight. By midnight-ish last night, if you hear this tomorrow on Friday. So midnight-ish Thursday, they're talking about it being about 18 degrees, and it won't get back up to, like, 30s until the afternoon of Friday. So what we're looking at tonight is... Solid 10 hours below freezing. Um, but nothing. Damn. I think we're looking at maybe getting as cold as like. I think I saw, you know, 18, so like it feels like it may be like 7 or 8, uh, which is terrible for us. That is. You may as well call it the winter apocalypse. Uh, most of these people in this region will never experience something this cold, except for last year and the year before and the year after this and the year after this. It's climate change. But, uh,. Typically, it's like 85 this month right now. Usually, it's a solid 70 degrees. That sounds that sounds tough, and at the same time, I would kill for for 18. <laughs> it's minus nine here, and with the wind chill, like I said, minus 33. The balmy high, the balmy high for Friday, if we're lucky, is 
three. Three to yeah. go. Yeah. The, the balmy high. <laughs> now we're talking. That's what you want. You want from hey, you know what though? Positive number, positive attitude. You can do it, buddy. Keep it together. I'm hey, gonna you say know what? If my fingers and toes were not frozen, I would cross them and hope <laughs> that we can get to three. I want to stay in my little hole until about Saturday morning. That's the plan. <sighs> stay in your foxhole, people. Try and stay warm. Hopefully nobody loses power and we'll at least have uh, nice homes, apartments to, to tuck into. And guess what? There's plenty of football coming your way this Saturday that you can enjoy on this cold weekend. And speaking of football, Tennessee Titans hosting the Houston Texans. It's a divisional matchup. One of the many Saturday games for Christmas Eve. And this one, it's it's going to be really interesting because the Texans, or excuse me, the Titans actually need this game. They're on a four-game slide, four-game losing skid. And Is that true? Is that right? Yeah. Their last four games, a loss to the Chargers, loss to the Jaguars, loss to the Eagles, loss to the Bengals. And that's a that's a murderer's row, though. I mean, that's other than Jaguars, although they did look good this week. Other than Jaguars, that's a that's a hard three games, though. I'm not gonna lie to you, the Titans and the Texans. If you go back like the last three games, not really too much of a difference. If you're looking, I mean, the Texans overtime loss to Kansas City and a good team, Dallas yep. a ten win team. 27-23 loss, that's close. And then uh, 27-14, that was the last blowout to Cleveland. And then you have the, the Titans who lost 17-14 to the Chargers. Close game. Uh, more of a blowout against the Jaguars, 36-22. Blowout against the, the Eagles, 35-10. And then a close game to the Bengals, if you're going back four games, 20-16. to So both these teams have played good teams close and also have a couple of blowouts on the resume going back. I, I feel like we're in the same place as the last time these two teams played, even though Tennessee's on a slide and the Texans still only have one win where these teams, one of them's playing for the, the division, but they kind of feel not so different. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, they definitely seem to be just off of that kind of, brief overview, two teams trending in the right direction, or the same direction. Um, I will say this, uh, they seem to be a team in turmoil just in the headlines, too. Firing the general manager unexpectedly a few weeks ago, that was kind of an odd maneuver, and whatever it was that's going on internally, it, it, it seems to have now spread to performance. This does happen in an NFL team. Perfectly good teams, all of a sudden kind of implode or fall apart and you sort of wonder what what happened there. I think the Chargers notoriously were like this for several years. They would put together these great rosters that might win nine or ten games and get to the playoffs and then unexpectedly collapse over and over and over again. And when you finally break it down, it's just something about the, the makeup of that organization internally. You know, fun, fun foundational uh, needed to be changed. So I, I it is kind of an odd thing, but I actually would, I mean, if you were picking who would you want to be, I guess I would want to be the Texans right now. You know, at least we're not trending down. Like, this is kind of what we've been doing all year, at least. Whereas the Titans seem to be 
free-falling and don't know how to diagnose the problem. Yeah, and I mean, we've talked about this at length, right, is that uh, the the Texans are, are supposed to be losing, but if you're the Titans, aren't you kind of supposed to be to be winning? or running? I guess the pressure is pretty far off the Titans because you can lose a lot of games and still win the division. It just doesn't set yourself yourself up for the playoffs very well. But That time is like, over now. Um, if you're looking at the pop-ups, uh, other than us, the rest of the division is in the hunt because Jacksonville, coming into this week, Jacksonville's only one loss behind them, and the Colts are only two losses behind them, and there's, and there's a big scramble of everybody playing each other still left. So, matter of fact, Jacksonville finishes the season playing Tennessee. So they are no longer on cruise control, for sure. So do you think that this team feels or smells a little of desperation going into this Oh, game? yeah, absolutely. I, I, You can't – if you're number one in your division, you're 7-7, seven and seven, and you just watched the Jacksonville Jaguars play a complete four quarters of really good football in bad weather on the road – you can't feel good about your situation. No, absolutely. They've got to be at least a little bit nervous, especially considering they're playing us, a division rival. Uh, now, granted, last time they played us, they hurt us real, real bad, and they did it without Ryan Tannehill. And it's my understanding Ryan Tannehill is out again, potentially for the rest of the season. Um, but Well, I'm, I'm glad you brought up quarterback injury, though, because you could look at this game and say, that it'll be the exact same type of game where it'll be an ugly, low-scoring, close game that doesn't ever feel close because they just let Derrick Henry run all over on the Texans. But if you look at this losing streak, Derrick Henry has really struggled to to get going in these games. I mean, against the Bengals, he has, uh, let me pull it up, he had 38 yards. Against Philadelphia, he only had... Uh, 30 total rushing yards against Jacksonville. He had some decent stats, but he had two rushing yards in the second half. And against the Chargers, he had some decent stats again, a hundred over 100 yards, but he had under 50 yards in the second half. And Derrick Henry traditionally is the running back who you give him the ball, you give him the ball, and in the fourth quarter, he really after leaning on your defense, finally knocks you over in that fourth quarter. But in a bunch of these games, either in the second half or just in general, it seems like he's struggled to get going, which is probably, you could probably look at those stats and then tie their struggles directly back to the struggles that Derrick Henry has had specifically in the second half of these games. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're very much an identity team that identifies as a running team. And if you're not able to run, then the defense is on the field longer. They're not getting those long rests on those drives when Derrick Henry is chewing up the field and chewing up the clock, giving the defense time to rest. So then not only is the number of plays the defense plays up, but now the length of time they're on the field is up. Suddenly player fatigue sets in, and the longer the season goes, the harder it gets for those guys to mount up and ride through a whole season. I mean... It gets a lot easier to be a good defensive player when you only have to be a good defensive player for 45 snaps versus 80, you know? So, and nobody plays 45, I'm exaggerating. But that's sort of the, my point, though, is that, like, Derrick Henry, 
takes the other team off the field. Like in this first half of this Jacksonville Jets game that everyone just saw on Thursday night prime time on Amazon, at the end of the first half, the Jets only had 60 yards of offense and they had two first downs. So out of 12 plays. So if you're a defensive player on Jacksonville, you have barely played coming into the second half of the game. So your tank is full. Your, your range meter is high. You're ready to get going and do some dirty things and, and make some plays. And you haven't used up all of your energy and all of your reserves, and you can go all out for longer because the other because your offense is keeping you off the field. So when teams run the ball well, defenses typically love it. Uh, there's no reason not to. That tends to be that if you run the ball well, it tends to also mean suddenly your defense is better because they're, they're resting. If you're the high-octane throwing a lot, even if you killed a good offense, the other team is going to score against you because you get on and off the field quickly, and then your defense has to just fight it out against the other offense. With the, the stats that Derrick Henry is putting up recently, do you think there's more of some fatigue of Derrick Henry getting such a big workload where it's finally starting to show on him? Or do you think this is more symptomatic of uh, the entire Tennessee offense where it's banged up Ryan Tannehill, they don't have A.J. Brown anymore, and, and uh, Burks is out now uh, and, and was struggling before that anyways. Robert Robert Woods is not a guy who, who can't take over. He can't take over a game. He's like your second receiver. Is it more that the rest of the offense is finally starting to show those chinks in the armor and so – uh, Derrick Henry just can't keep carrying the water for them? Or is it a little bit, do you think, that maybe some of the wear of all those heavy carry seasons from the, the past few years are finally starting to show on him at the back end of this season? So while you are always trying to keep an eye out for the wear and tear thing, because that is a real possibility. It really genuinely is. Um, you know, every running back does break down at some point. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's what it is. Derrick Henry kind of goes through these little spells um, oh, pretty regularly, honestly, where he, he kind of has three or four just bad games. Um, I want to say his second year, like his first year he exploded onto the scene. I think his second year, he started the year with the first five or six games, kind of some really poor running, some really bad numbers, and then he turned it around and finished the year very strong again. But he is in year seven. He is 28 years old, and he is a guy who's run for a billion yards on a trillion carries, and he is known for his punishing running style. And even though that allegedly takes a toll on the defense, uh, it obviously does take a toll on the on him as well. Um, I'm trying to... I want to... So last year he, he, he finished... He missed nine games due to injury. Um... So some of it might just be the fact that in two, you know, this is last year he didn't play this many games, and so there's a little bit of fatigue that even just sets in. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be the fatigue of his body not able to carry the load so much as just he, he didn't play this many games last year. I do think that there is an opportunity, and, and again. None of us should really be super surprised if he comes out and runs for another 200-yard game against this Texans front seven. No, that has not at all. What, what is what is the stat that they keep popping up when it comes to him and us? It's something like 
he has four 200-yard multi-touchdown games and three of them are against us or something like that. Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure he's and, leaking. I'm sure he's leaking his chops for this matchup. I'm sure he is as well. But if if he is a little if he is a little dinged up at, going into this game, uh, and you've got their top receiver out, and uh, the Texans are kind of hanging around, hanging around, uh, it could it could be another interesting down to the wire game for Houston, who has played a couple of these in the last couple of weeks against playoff opponents, playoff caliber opponents. And so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, honestly, the whole thing comes down to what version of Malik Willis shows up because the version they got last time when he was, I mean, he was just getting thrown in after the first Ryan Tannehill injury. He didn't have a lot of playing time under his belt, uh, barely any, in fact. Uh, he looked now awful. This, he looked terrible that game. I was so mad that yeah. we lost the game just because of how bad he looked. Yeah, and they didn't really even ask him to do all that much anyways. But it, it still looked it, bad. <laughs> it still looked bad. It did. But now that he has gotten more playing reps, it'll be interesting to see if they're still able – because if Derrick Henry isn't running all over the place and Malik Willis has more reps, you would think that they turn a little more of the offense over to him. And so can the Texans take advantage of that and – try and grab some turnovers that they've done a really good job all season of uh, of forcing against other teams and, and snagging turnover opportunities uh, in this game. I think that'll be probably one of the biggest differences is will they be able to get Malik Willis to, to turn the ball over a couple of times because this Texans team that has taken the field the last couple of weeks actually makes teams pay for a turnover like the Texans team we saw the first couple of months just wasn't doing and I think that would be the biggest difference in flipping this game is actually taking advantage of some turnovers and it feels like this Tennessee team of the all the teams that the Texans have played over the last few weeks this is the one that is the the best matchup as far as they're just dying to turn the ball over a couple of times yeah it feels like they want to it feels like they're a team who wants to give the ball up so hopefully that that does kind of Cut our way a couple, at least a couple of times. Um, They've just got a new quarterback. I, I'm sure that I, I bet you they're going to do some weird stuff on offense to try and get stuff going if they can't d get Derrick Henry going right away. Some like, uh, some like uh, revert, like pitch back to the quarterback after a, a jet sweep for uh, a toss, or maybe like you you throw it out to the receiver instead of a screen. It's actually a receiver pat. I bet they do some weird stuff like that in this game. Oh, they, they definitely have to because they're going to want us to start. There's going to be a lot of screens. There's going to be a lot of bubble screens. They're going to want him to feel comfortable, so a lot of short passes. And they're going to want us to have to be aware of our edges so we don't just rush the quarterback. So that's where those screen plays come in. They're, they're going to want to do stuff to keep us off, off our guard so that our defensive line has to kind of look up for a second before they go after Malik Willis. Um, who I do feel like is vulnerable. I know he's supposed to be another scrambler, but I haven't seen a lot of plays where he's actually made a good choice with his speed yet. So I kind of feel like we're in a good spot if we can get if we can get him to start trying to think on the field. Then I think we'll we'll be in a good position. I think that funkiness will lend itself to some turnovers. The question is, do you think that will be enough to actually win the game for the Texans? 
I think this is a game that Tennessee can lose, but not necessarily because it's us. It's just because in general, there's a lot of factors. First of all, they are on a losing streak. They are struggling. They do seem to be really kind of – I didn't realize it was four losses in a row, but I know that they've been, they haven't been able to kind of turn the corner or whatever it is. Whatever the bugaboo is in their locker, in their locker room, they can't get rid of is the, the bad juju that they're playing with. They're kind of stuck with it. Um, you don't see teams fire general managers in the middle of the season. It's just not done. So when they fired him, there clearly was something going on. There's clearly some sort of element in their in their locker room where they that they they don't know what to how to handle. There's some sort of bad energy in their office or something. They just can't get, they can't get the vibe right. And so, as weird as it is to say, the NFL is also a workplace. And when you go to work frustrated and angry, you don't necessarily get the best results. You don't get the best energy. You don't put in the best, uh, you know, effort all the time. So sometimes, like, I just want to get out of here. Like, this place sucks. So... There is something to be said about having a good environment for these teams. Uh, I was watching the Hard Knocks, the Cardinals, and it's Christmas season. And at one point, they're talking about how much money their players should donate to the work staff for the Arizona Cardinals. Not like the coaching and stuff, like people who clean the towels and clean the bathrooms and, and you know fill the water bottles and stuff like that. And basically, basically JJ was like, these are the guys who enable us to focus only on football and perform on the field and make all the millions of dollars. So think about them as you're filling out this donation sheet for them for the Christmas holiday, blah, blah, blah. And it is right. Like, that is, you know, it is a workplace as well as a football game. So it is, it is interesting. I think this is a game that the Titans feel primed to lose regardless of what other team is out there. But we're a good team for them to lose to because they're – they have to be telling them a little bit of overconfidence, right? Like they have to be telling themselves, obviously we're going to beat the Texans, um, and, I, and I think that that goes in our favor. I think a lot of these teams do that. I think a lot of these teams kind of come into these games a little underprepared and not taking this as seriously as they should because our season is such a mess. And I think that it is an element of why we've been able to play so many teams so close. One thing I think you can bank on is this game will be low scoring, according to. Pro Football Reference, total team offense. The Texans rank thirtieth. We did in it in the league, and the Titans rank twenty sixth. So <laughs> these are good numbers. These are very good numbers. I like it. So I think it'll be a little bit of a, a rock fight again. I think the seventeen ten score for the first game. I I think it'll be in that neighborhood again. What if it was like 16-9? Like we didn't even break last game's scores. That would be tough. I think that would be a tough game to watch. <laughs> that would be a very <laughs> tough game to watch is what I is what I think. All right, let's get to let's get to some of our segments here. Before we do that though, Corey, let's hear from some sponsors. All right. Uh, it's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs, someone who won't just bleed you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has 100 hours of hands-on instruction in a lab learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist, because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. The positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asin is a designated lawyer scientist, and lawyers at Asin Law Firm 
have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asin Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asin Law Firm at 832-209-2297 or visit dwilawyerhouston.com. It's time to trade in your masks for face masks, float up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy? Too cold? Way too cold? Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Splat Zone is a great, low-impact, family-friendly experience. If you use their website to make reservations, you can get 5% off by using the code BATTLEREDSPLAT. The adventure begins just right there at 1488 uh, at 545 Woodland Square Boulevard at Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas at the Marcel Town Center. They are a great, fun, family-friendly, nerdy place to get all your fun, nerdy things on. And they have a place on the second floor called the Adventure Begins Stadium, which sells awesome sports memorabilia and sports cards. Make sure to go check everything out. Uh, there's a couple days left till Christmas if you're listening to this on Friday. So there's one last chance for you to go get that one thing you totally forgot for that person you only kind of like. Go to the Adventure Begins, get up some great sports memorabilia. They can open a pack of cards with a kid. And who knows, you might turn them into thousandaires, and then they owe you some money. So there you go. Get to the Adventure Begins Stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130 in Conroe, Texas on 1488. So coming back in, looking at this game, before we make some picks, because we think that there's just – it just feels like the Texans are in a point where they're going to play close and not win some of these games. I think that the play that sinks the Texans is going to be uh, something from the pass rush. It's going to be another fumble from the quarterback position. From uh, I, I'm assuming it will probably be Mills who commits a fumble that kind of breaks the game for the Texans late. I'm thinking like end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. You look at the Titans' defense, it seems a lot of stats to be very mediocre. I mean, their pass defense, they allow the most yards against opposing quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, and you can you can run the ball on them decently. Uh, but as far as uh, just if you're looking at some of the advanced numbers, they do get after the quarterback. They're 12th in the league in sacks. They're second in the league in pressures. They are 12th in the league in uh, scoring allowed as a defense. Uh, so they, they can get after the quarterback. They can rush the passer. Uh, and they are going to make it a little challenging when you get into the, the red zone. Uh, obviously, the last few weeks have, have dinged those numbers for them significantly. But as far as a mediocre defense is concerned, I think that that pass rush and getting after the quarterback is where they're going to hurt the Texans. And I think that the Texans probably co commit uh, kind of a game-breaking fumble to barely, just barely get beat by the Titans. I do think this is a close game. Uh, I want to give you full credit here. Uh, one of the listeners, a buddy of mine, Dennis, shout out to Dennis the Fox, uh... He said, well, your co-host just called the play, just expected it to happen in overtime, talking about last week's game. And I said, yeah, he really did. And he said, you need to get to Vegas quickly, Fulton. <laughs> Let's see if I can go two for two. <laughs> yeah. 
So I want to give you your victory lap there. You were 100% right last week. Yeah, I don't think you called the timing, but uh, you did nail the play. Um, and it feels the like a timing I was 100% repeat. off on, but I, the, I, was on, I was on McKinnon all the way. <laughs> but I do think it, it is a uh, – I think the play that, that, that breaks it again – uh, I I think it'll be early fourth quarter. We're still like within seven or within ten, and they have that drive, and it'll be that third down. We're like, okay, well, if we get a stop here, we get the ball back with four or five minutes left with the drive to take a lead or tie. And I think that third down, no matter what it is, it'll be something that we should stop, and we just don't. Well, you know what, too, is that people are going to listen to this and say, you know what, you just kind of you kind of just bash the Titans for most of this episode, and now you're still predicting the Texans to lose. And I think it comes down to, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but for two things definitely for me, is the first thing is it doesn't feel like the Texans can still close out any of these games they keep close. And the other the other thing is, there's a desperation factor for the Tennessee Titans to win. But the other thing is is that, and you referenced this earlier, Corey, Derrick Henry and his history against the Texans is just kind of looming in the background despite how <laughs> bad some of the – and he's had some good stats for some of these games over the last four games, but he's had some really quiet fourth quarters in all of these games by Derrick Henry's standard. And I think that all of that is just looming – you have him a few down weeks, and you have his history against the Texans. And it all just feels like, even as I'm going over the stats, it all still feels like he's just going to come out and have a monster game, which is why I think we're both still leaning Titans, even though we both believe it's going to be close. Yeah, I do think it's going to be close. And, I, and listen, I've, we've shown that we could have won any of these games. If you take the Chiefs to overtime, you could just as much win as they can. Um, the reality is, though, that we aren't. Especially when they punt to start overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, we can, we can show, we've shown that we can win these games. We just aren't closers this year. I think the NFL gods, I think the football gods in general, they just know which teams are losers which particular seasons, and they just make it cool. So even though I do think we're going to play close and play competitive, yeah, sort of like uh, Michael Myers in any Halloween movie. I genuinely feel like the Derrick Henry 200-yard multi-touchdown game is just looming. And in any minute, it's going to stick a knife in the babysitter that is our season. Um, so, yeah, I, I I believe that we can win any of these games. Every, every Sunday and Saturday and Thursday, we've lined up and played great competitive football. I'm very impressed with how this team has done this year. Considering at the beginning of the year we said we didn't think we were going to do it, that doesn't mean we think we're going to be Titans. No, no, it doesn't. So let's get into some picks here. We've got the lines set up. Again, I'm looking at Caesar Sportsbook. So depending on where you look at your line, it could be slightly different. Although I don't feel like there's going to be a ton of movement on th on this game. Uh, the Titans are the home favorite minus three. The over-under for this game is at 35 and a half points. <laughs> They're seeing what we're seeing. Which is just obscenely low. <laughs> yeah. 
I think, wasn't it just last week, weren't we picking at a 47? Like, we dropped 12 points when we swapped the Titans from the Chiefs. Yeah, it's... And guess what? I think I'd still go under. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no doubt. I'm taking under. Uh, yeah. So, okay, what do you... Do you want to go first or you want me to go first? I'll, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. I'm, uh... See, I would, I would, I would love for this line to be three and a half. Yeah, I'd love for this line to be three and a half. I jump on the Texans. I think if it's three and a half, I really do think it's going to be a field goal game. I think I take the Titans minus three and the under under thirty five and a half points. I I really feel like it's going to be like a a sixteen thirteen game, thirteen ten something like that. I just think it's going to be ugly. Scoring is going to be hard to come by. Drives are going to live in between like the 40s. <laughs> and it's just kind of go back and forth there. Just kind of meander around the middle of the field as you wait for one team to make the big mistake. And I, I think that it's going to be – it's probably going to be the Texans scoring the, a touchdown off of a turnover earlier and then the Titans winning off of a fumble later. Okay. All right. Um, I you know I, I I it's weird how much I agree with you and then still feel like it's we're on the different side of it because I think if, if it were three and a half or more I think I might go Tennessee I think does that make sense because I feel like I feel like at three the Texans for whatever reason they're, they're there's Vegas is basically saying that these two teams are basically evenly matched. And if Vegas really thinks that they're evenly matched, then I think the Texans will cover the three points and still lose. 13-14 kind of a thing. Um, so you're you're thinking like I almost like a, a it's going to be like going to the fourth quarter 10-10 or something like that. Yeah, like and going it's into a, the, it's a push maybe or going into the fourth quarter like at some point we kick that field goal where we wish we would have kicked Bond for the touchdown. And they just get that touchdown after us. And then it's like, okay, well, you know, we went up from 13-10 to down 14-13, and it doesn't matter. Um, or we were up 13-7, and then it's 14-13. Kind of thing. What's going to happen is it's going to end 17-10. <laughs> this game just reeks of a 17-10 game. <laughs> what it definitely reeks of is a safe one. I will agree with you 100% on that. But I am going to take the Texans in the points because I do think they are going to play it close. Uh, I don't have a ton of confidence that Malik is going to drive this offense down for a two-minute drill. I think it's way more likely that there's a turnover and they kick a field goal to win as time expires. And if that's the case, then hopefully it's only by one or two points. Well, there you have it, folks. So if you have any... Any money that you haven't spent on Christmas presents, go ahead and, and find a sports book and, and try maybe maybe find a little more success than than us on, on this game. This yeah. is a weird game to try and pick. You know, it's not a fun game to bet. It's never a fun game to bet on an, on an under. So maybe find a better maybe find a better game to bet on. I would say the under is pretty safe. You, the under you, is safe, but it's no fun to bet the under. What are you talking about? A winning bet is a winning bet is a winning bet. That's true, but it's also a bummer to be like, okay, nobody score. <laughs> uh, no, no. what it means is you don't watch that game. You just keep checking the box score. 
that's a yeah you know what if if you're a texas fan or you bet on this game don't watch the game <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it just means you keep looking at the box score every quarter going stay low stay low stay low stay low <laughs> well you know what no matter what happens in this game we'll be back with all of the wrap-up from another week of football we're winding down on the season we're going to start looking pretty soon here pretty soon we're going to start looking towards the draft and towards some of these draft prospects some great picks for the texans but for this week we'll have a wrap on the entire weekend in your subscribe in your wherever you find your podcast your your spotify or your apple podcast app wherever you're going for your podcast that'll be waiting for you monday morning so make sure you're right. subscribing to this episode so wait colton i got a bonus question for you here oh boy bonus question okay so the texans face three divisional opponents left the, the season ends with tennessee playing jacksonville and us playing indianapolis do who do you see i already put this to nico and i've already made my pick who do you see winning this terrible terrible division I'm going to go Jags. Okay. I really like what I've seen right from now. Trevor Lawrence in these games. In, in, in a few of these games, uh, he has looked really, really good. And he looks like the quarterback that everybody kind of kind of uh, hoped for, predicted when he was drafted. I can't argue that. Um, they've looked really good. This We just we were saying privately this game was their first like old game that they put together where they actually looked like a complete team. Um that you want to the the playoffs is all about peaking at the right time. Tennessee on a four game losing streak coming into the end of the season that's not great for them. I mean Jacksonville they play the Jets this week they get us next week and then they have a shot at the division champs uh, to wrap it up. So I, I think momentum wise if they can keep it going they probably are picking themselves too. And honestly they're the only team with a, a with a quarterback. Right now yeah. in the division. If, if Tannehill is truly out, then you're you're 100% right. They have the best quarterback left standing. Yeah, so I, I like them, and I, I think they end up pulling away and grabbing the division at the end. Uh, we're going to give everybody a chance to change their answer each week. It's just three weeks left. But uh, I, think, <laughs> I, think it's, I think at this point, I think that Nico went Titans just picking chalk. Um, I, 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 think, I think it is Jackson. Well, there you have it. Hey, make sure, hit us hit us up on Twitter. Let us know who you think is winning this this division. This, Ooh, that's a good this one. lovely, yeah. lovely division that they have out in front of you. Uh, go ahead, go ahead and hit us up, and uh, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Have a wonderful Christmas, everyone. Thank yes. you so much for tuning in to another installment of Battle Red Radio. <laughs>